Welcome to Tales of the Ring, an Irish boxing podcast with me, James McGee. Each episode, I will sit down with a former fighter or trainer from Irish boxing to discuss the highs and lows of their career in and out of the ring. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode two of the podcast. Um, this is the second part of the three-part interview with my dad that I did over lockdown. Um, I just want to say thanks so much for the really good feedback that I've got from episode one. Um, this wasn't something that I was really going to release when I uh, planned to do it. But I thought that it would be a really good episode to put out at the very beginning and the nice messages that I've received from people um, is really much appreciated. So this second episode is going to be um, focusing on my dad, Noel McGee's professional career. Uh, it's going to look at how um, his amateur career finished and then the opportunity that he had to turn professional and move to England. And it's going to take him right through until he moved to the Barney's with Stable in Belfast and getting his first uh, couple of title shots. So I really hope you enjoyed everyone and please continue to follow uh, the page. Um, if you can maybe give me a, a star rating through Spotify as well and just word of mouth, um, put it out there for anyone that you think would be interested in listening. Okay, all the best. Okay, so after you'd won the Ulster senior title, um, the plan would have been that you were going down to Dublin to defend your Irish title, but that, that didn't actually happen. Tell us a wee bit about why that was. Yeah, I, I'm not sure why it was February or something. I was supposed to defend the Irish title, but I ended up, I got a bad dose of flu and was in the bed for a few days and couldn't go down. So that was added the Monday. So, uh... It had, around that around that time, I was I'd have been talking my older brother Ty Ty, Ty McGee, the older brother. He was twice Irish champion, and he had moved over to Wales at sixteen years of age. And me and him kept in contact. He wanted maybe to write letters over the land there, but we had a kept contact on a, a payphone. There was no mobile to name this. We my man that couldn't afford a house phone, so I spoke to him maybe a half an hour on a Friday night through phone boxes he knew the phone box in the Clemville Road he had a phone at such and such a time when I worked out when I got there and just kind of kept in contact how the family's doing and at that time Terry he, he had turned he had been professional I'm not sure on the top of my head now who his manager was at the time but he had four fights and he had won his remember his first two, two fights he had won his first two and then lost his second two and he ended up, he said to me that he'd get in con- he'd get contact with this new promoter, manager promoter who lived in Stoke, Pat Brogan. And he he took Terry on and Terry started winning fights again. Mm-hmm. And Terry must have been reading in between the lines. Terry must have been telling him that Knowles won the ice, yeah, Knowles won the, the ulcers and different things and he can't defend it. And he must have, must have managed the money in the Pat Brogan, mm-hmm. this anyway. So Terry came back to me and said to me that uh, Pat Brogan would like to offer you no, no, if you want to turn pro. But you need to come over there to live in Stoke and Trent and he would get you a job and help to get you a house. And I thought that was fantastic news at the time. I just, my eyes lit up. And you were only 19? I was only 19 because, but I, I had... I had you son at that time and, and no work you were constantly I got a bit of labour and work now and again you're always out of work you have to pay you have to pay your way plus I have a young son so it was it was pressure on right looking back probably if someone turned would have turned around to me and say no I'm giving you a partnership 
for some I might have took it and never turned pro and never turned pro and that's to be honest if I really uh, look back on although I could have just backed on the seniors but at that time I wouldn't have had the, the thing even because it was Irish senior time when I beat Steve Connells but I wouldn't have said I'm going to be a pro even though when I was 16 at my careers at face to, uh, give me a face or it was uh, what job are you wanting on I, I, I uh, was supposed to do a couple of old levels but they were at the old irons when I was 16 and I says no I'm going to do the old irons oh you can't do that I says I am and I was good but I thought he's maybe going to stop I said yeah, I'm turning pro <laughs> and that's what I'm doing it was the boxing and uh but that was the first you said that you didn't even it wasn't something no, that, you always that, that, wanted no, to be pro no, is, I, I just said that the careers because ah. he's not going to stop me going down to defend my ice tail yes I, I didn't do my exams but I won the ice tail and that's far more important to me yeah exactly that's so I was happy with that and so after Terry um, mentioned to you about Pat Brogan and stuff like that I mean did you actually did Pat Brogan ring you or I mean were you going based on what he was saying or, or you know how quickly did it happen where he mentioned this that you were actually then get over well you see Anton and I if I was over the first I think it was the first of the end of March the end of March first of April so a matter of weeks and, 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 I, and I but I had to go and talk to your, your ma and I like she I was gonna have to leave and go, and go to England so and, and that was thank God Thank God she stuck stuck with me and, and says yes okay but she also was wanting to get married yeah and there's maybe no money no no, no nothing no 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 backup nobody go here her help yeah. do bands so you're stuck so I see and, and so I was like a big thing of hope or late yeah. it hour. sounded like a really good deal if that was oh, you know, the house and the job house. and stuff have to give me a house so uh, the next thing so Francis had a run up by your, your mum first and she was. She says, yeah, okay, okay. Whatever I said, if I might get a chance to get a house, I'll talk to this guy. So I talked to Pat Brogan on the phone, and that was just the basics of it. Talking to him on the phone, talking to him on the phone. Yes, I'll help you get your house, and, and I will have a help uh, get you a job. And I was just changing, fuck a job. Yeah. And there's no one, no one ever turned around and said to me, I've got you a job, no. I don't know. Belfast, no, 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 no one was offering me nothing. So when you have nothing, you have to. And now I'm a father. You have to earn a living. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah. So, um, so uh, from February um, of '85, when you were fighting in the Ulster Seniors, May the twenty second, nineteen eighty five. So it's three months later. You actually had your first pro fight yeah, in Stoke. It was that quick. You know, it wasn't. It all happened so it fast. It was that quick. I uh, I was working in the day on a building site, and then there's, there's a paper. Sentinel, you call it the Stoke paper. He's taking the photos of me turning pro. I remember over in Stoke, I end up just I was getting sanded in the ring and things got darn it. I was got a lot of publicity over there for, for turning pro and different stuff. And then, was, yeah, and so when you'd done that, um, and you'd moved over, I was just going to say there when you'd moved over, did you go over yourself at the start and then did or did uh, my mum? And myself, did we move over with you at the very beginning? I went over with a bag. With yourself? A bag on my own. Didn't know no one. And went to an airport, close to Stoke, where I was, and Pat Brogan. Picked you up. And his son, I think it was Tony, you call him, picked me up. 
and all right, no one did stuff and talk. And he was a friendly enough guy. He's a businessman. Pat's a big businessman. And an ex-pro as well. Uh, he was an ex-pro, yes. And 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 through his thing, he was my trainer. He's going to be my trainer as well. Mm-hmm. So right from the start, I was out running, and it was only actually three. I think it was three nights a week. We're in the gym. Is that right? So that's almost like you were training as an amateur. <laughs> I was like an amateur. To be, to be honest. And Pat, he was good on the pods. I matter where did the I, I it was a good thing I got with me from Secret Heart Boxing Club was circuits, mm-hmm. circuit training. We always did circuits, and I took the circuit training right into my pro game. When I was with Pat Brogan on the way down the lane, when I was suit, I did, was the only one doing the circuits. Mm-hmm. But I thought I, I oh, kept that up to, to keep my, my my fitness level up. Yeah. Um. So your first fight um was uh, to be against a guy called Nigel Prickett. And yes. he actually knocked knocked him out. I think the first thirty seconds. So it was a fantastic debut. Tell us a wee bit about the debut. Forty two seconds. Forty two. Forty two seconds. Yeah. Uh, I'd done my training for the couple of months. It was over. Over. Um, I'd got seen a house before that. There for who's now going to be my future wife, your mother. We were gonna set up to get married in August, so we got a house, got a house and stuff. And my first fight was on twenty second of May, and I felt great, train went great, everything. I think I've sp- I sparred like about six rounds, eight rounds, all the mm-hmm. guys, nothing like it was. It was all thank God. Pod, out early, no, it, was, <laughs> it was all pod work and thing, and uh-huh. just some like from my amateur days and stuff and stuff. Pat Brogan, backs pro, but this is his way. We just went to see nice night them my running five days or whatever but when I was sitting in the dressing room the night before the fight I, I know I have no fans or anything over and stuff from I'm in a arena it was the King's Hall in Stoke and Trent and it was a fantastic arena remaining a wee bit off the the Ulster Hall King's Hall a wee bit there was a mixture out there it was a fantastic arena but I'm sitting there in my, my, my new rig training shorts on my boots and stuff and who walks in the, the my dressing room it was my grandma Quinn and he said, right, all right, son. And shook my hand and says, good luck. And over to see you. And I fucking, my heart lifted. And you, you never knew he was coming over? No mobile phones back then, of course. No, 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 no there's no contact. Oh my God. You're, you're over there, there's no contact. And he, he walked in. My, my granny Quinn, for my, I was a kid. He was a, an ill, he was a, an ex-professional boxer himself he used to fight in the chapel fields in Belfast and different things got down he used to tell me when I was a kid after finishing with my big mate John I called into my grandma Quinn's before I went home and he made me a cup of tea and, and told me these stories about his fighting days and was he, even going back to that door it was him he used to tell me about the Merchant Navy and about seeing the world and and he and, he, and I thought that was brilliant he says I remember him saying to me why did you do it when you're 16, go down to the to the docks and, and put your name down for the Merchant Navy. No, I'm a great crane. And when I was 16, I did do that. I walked right down still the docks and marked to the county. I want to put my name down for the Merchant Navy. Yep, there's your, there's your thing. Put your name in, your address and different stuff. And I says, what will happen? He says, well, there's two year late, miss, waiting list. And I went, ah, frigate. And just forget about that. Yeah, I need needed money now. But again, but if they have said, you right, join, join no, next it's month. It's funny the way it's the only the way we choices you make in life lead you on a path the way what happened, and that was I was a a path. Once he said no, that was it, and then I met your your mum when I was seventeen, so on. So 
So my first fight yeah. was, was Nigel Prickett. Nigel Prickett, yeah. yes. And so when you seen him in the changing room, I was just about to say, did, oh that, did that give you a lift? Oh, and not make you think, oh God, right, go on, my grand is here now. You know, did it, it didn't put any pressure, it actually gave you a lift. No, it, it gave me a, a big lift in the spirit, but I was focused. I, I got in the, the tunnel phasing, and I had never seen my Nigel Prickett in my life. I never knew nothing about him. Never thought of going up anything about him. Uh, and I just went ding ding round one and, and went, went at it and I caught him a crack and left took and put him down and that was a fade over and I went oh and then when I went back to after the fade it was a great ball still crowd and all cheer me and different stuff and his debut win and after the fight and different stuff and Pat program put an envelope into my hand and looked at 200 quid and 200 quid for getting this here Back in. <laughs> but were you happy with that? <laughs> yeah. Of course. So did you, yeah, and yeah. did you know that's what you were getting before the uh, fight? He, yeah, says, yeah. Okay, I'll, he says, I'll give you 200 quid and I'll take no expenses. Like, managers quid. could take 25% and, and he was my trainer as well. Mm-hmm. I was going to him, but he, he's making, his wife was uh, her address and he, he, he had his only promotion business and he's making money. He's a business yeah. man. Yeah. yeah. But I was happy. I was happy about that. And I was 200 pound. I into the bank. I was savings for me and Francis for the new house and I got actually I got second hand wardrobes and I got you remember you spent your yep, I got second hand wardrobes I got a second hand city and I got them into the house once we got the mortgage and all Delta I got the um those in right um so because the fight was over so soon I'm assuming you were just ready to get out as soon as possible again and yeah you know Pat Brogan the one thing yes. um he seemed to do was keep you very very active in that first year I'm thankful for that, for that because I was getting wasn't getting much any really sparring, so I was I was fit, fitness lab was coming down a wee bit. I was maybe taking a week off and then we were back at it again. So the fight I was, was fighting actually keeping you. Up, I was yeah. fighting me. Yep, I was keeping me sharp and thing and everything, just just constant. Yeah, just constant. Um, and then I think within six or seven weeks after that, you'd actually had two fights. When I was looking back at your record, um, and you'd went three and zero. Oh, you beat. You had a very good stoppage against. I think it was Dave Ferno. Yes, lovely combination. Yes, I remember yes. watching that as a kid. Um, and then uh, in your next four fights, you fought a guy called Winston Burnett three times. Yes. Um, who was a very experienced journeyman. Yes. Um, and you went the distance in all three fights. How did you find yeah. fighting someone so experienced, you know, being so young, uh, yeah. you coming into well, the program? Well, I, I kind of learned my trade. This is, uh, I think over there I was kind of an apprenticeship kind of, and I learned part of my trade with Winston Burnett. I remember fighting him the first fight. He's a, a black guy from Wales, so he has a, he's a good, experienced fighter, and he had fought some top class fighters and looking at his career down the mm-hmm. line like and he, he yeah but he was a journeyman but i remember me he talking to me in the first fight no right no he said in the break night come on no well, let's let's break off let's break off this is 16 minute round fight. ah it's okay and i think it's dead on i i just boxed the head off him yeah and but and he for him i didn't cut him i didn't hurt him he was able to fight next week or whatever that was a thing for him but over the three fights the next fight uh, it was in the thing, oh, Burnett's going to try harder this time, different stuff. And, and I beat him again. And this time he didn't talk. And this time I was whacked a wee bit more into him. Mm-hmm. And then on the third time, I fought him. I nearly stabbed him around. I really hurt him. And I seen myself 
maturing. Yeah. And then just though you start to see your body you're maturing and your mind and your fitting and then I started maturing. Yeah. So I learned from him from him. And the good thing, um, I suppose over there as well, was that you were actually some of your fights were being televised on cable TV, which back in the mid eighties, oh. that, that was before Sky Television. Screen sport you call it. Yeah. Screen sport I was getting tele- I was getting televised, I was getting in the papers, I was over that year, the first year, I was opening a wee events and all, getting uh, for charity work and different stuff and all. Mm. I was, I was oh, constantly in the paper, constantly. And when my wife or your, your mother, France, come over and yourself, we were getting food as the guy, especially when we moved, just moved in. Mm-hmm. We just moved in and there's uh, Austrian, or they've moved in and he's working in uh, his labour and different things, I guess, here. And John, and I remember John Conte and the, I think John H. Tracy, like world champions, yes. were at, you know, doing interviews and John stuff. John Conte, Pat Brogan, yeah, had an, a lot of connections, people who he knew, and he, he had brought them along until his, his boxing shows. And a lot of those fights I was fighting on was dinner shows, what you call them, all businessmen, different weather, well, Dickie Bows, different Hard, stuff. Not, not really an atmosphere. The atmosphere and different things, no, it's not, not, not as great as like a public one. But the, they were, and he, say the likes of, John Candy would have been the guest speaker. And I remember actually my, my, my second fight when I played Ferno, I remember talking, I was I was on screen sport mm-hmm. and and John asked me, all right, no, and asked me the questions and I was like, this is John Candy, the world champion. Mm-hmm. And, and he's asked me and then, so it was very, it was really a flattering and thing yeah. that they, this, that he was there ask me questions about my fight yeah um and uh within the first year you'd actually went 10 and 0 yeah. um which was obviously fantastic to be so active well um, my 10th my 10th fight was actually in, in the king's hall and Stoke again and um john candy was there and this this 10th fight was to the public that's right yes and the public and, and the, the atmosphere was amazing the atmosphere was really amazing that one and the fight jeff reimer i think it was jeff yeah. reimer yeah. 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 Uh, the, the, oh yes. Oh the, the so I was fighting uh Jeff Raymer and was in the King's Hall and uh said so the atmosphere was amazing and you just felt the buzz of the place and they were shouting my name and all and different yeah. stuff. I was getting myself really thing then and thankfully I, 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 well I stopped him in, in one round. And crack crack and combination and John has asked me, yes I think it was coming up this summer and Noel never should have seen you throwing that right hand, different stuff. I just, I would just say, I remember saying that, I just practiced and yeah. we were trying doing a ring, the gym and all this here. And we just, all the fights, I was constantly fighting. So you're constantly training, maybe take a few days off, constantly training, taking over and getting your, it's all about getting your, getting yourself picking at the right time. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then after those 10 fights, uh, it seemed then that Pat Rogan was starting to take you down to London. He was starting to bring you to different uh, shows and stuff because in your 12th yes. fight you actually went to London and fought a guy called Serge Fame oh. and this was a guy from I think, Paddington in London yeah. and this was yeah. d- down in, uh, you know, in his, pretty much his hometown in the London area Yes, and that turned out to be a very tough night. Tell us a wee oh, bit about that one. Well that one, well I would say I fought world champions, I fought four world champions, three real world champions and uh, Gary Delaney was a world champion I think but out of all my fights and my whole career, this was the hardest fight, Serge Fame. And that was in London. And it, it was a, a we London, their, their arena is just like the Ulster Hall, and they're in Tappy, and, and the atmosphere is unbelievable. And Serge actually, the fight went the distance, but I think it was the third or fourth round, Serge put me down. He had 
any time he hit me at times with the right hand, it was like someone hit me with a hammer again, and it just went right down my my, my, my toes. And then I think in the third or fourth round, I remember, I just went down my knee and took a count. I just seen a flash and just took just took a count, got took a couple of deep breaths and got inside the car. But when I got up, looking back on the video, I got back in the hand straight away, and I end up putting hand down on the last round with a crack of my sweet left hook, mm -hmm. and then got up and. And he's the the fight by the distance. It was a great fight. And actually, after the fight, there was a guy called Terry. Terry Moore, or, um, he was a Downs, world champion. Terry Downs, I think it was. Yes, Terry yes, Downs. that's right. He's a world champion. He was, he's, 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 no, he's British champion. Yeah, is that what it was? But I think he, he had a lot of fights, and, and he actually came into the dressing room to me after the fight mm -hmm. and says, Congratulations. Um, Noel on your fate and different stuff he says keep getting the spuds down you he, 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 he was because I uh, for the crowd I would have been a cracking fate yeah. <coughs> at times it was back and forward yeah yeah no it was a real tough, uh, tough <coughs> excuse me um, your 13th fate um, you'd because I think if I remember right you'd fought Jimmy Ellis in your 11th fate yep um, and you'd went the distance and you'd fought Serge Fame and in your 13th fate you fought Lenny Hard um, from London again, you had to go down there. He was actually, I think it was a cruiserweight. He was a, he was a cruiserweight. Guy. I give away, I think he must have been a stone or something. Yeah. And, and when he was stripped off to the waist, the, the muscles are everywhere out of his ears and everything. So you thought this is maybe going to be another <coughs> tough fight? You know, I see the two fights previous, one was against Jimmy Allison. It was a tough enough fight, and I had to work hard and worked hard and went eight rounds. And this isn't his hometown around that thing. And I beat him and Serge Fame. It's his backyard. Mm -hmm. He was from London and I beat him. So I'm going, oh, I'm going to have a get myself as fit as I can, thing and keep my toes and, mm -hmm. and backs. But the fight, but they end up the, the fight uh, ended in 39 seconds. Yeah. I think and was, that was with the count. <laughs> that was with the count, and yeah. that was my quickest one. And there's no greater feeling. See, going back to one thing, Serge Fame, there's no greater feeling for a fighter. Serge Fame's went the distance, every bone in my body upper body hurt uh, especially around the head the ears everywhere the bruises <laughs> everywhere I remember and uh, the next day with you and your mum son in a restaurant and I think either of your man touched my hair my hair my head and I'm, I'm sore I just I was just in pain mm -hmm. and I took away and only the good right and then with Jimmy and Alice I was tough enough it wasn't as much pain but I said I went for an hour fight and getting that over and then you get your purse you get your you're saying you're getting paid whether it goes 30 Aye, seconds, it goes 30 eight, seconds eight no matter what but when you get you you have stopped them and you're coming out of the ring you get, you get go on having an argument fights mm -hmm. you just you're, you're just full with adrenaline and thinking that this is great i've won and i'm going home and buy more things for the house like pay them more using different things and pay them keeping top of my bills you know what i mean yeah and that that fight against Lenny Hart because it was a fantastic left hook. Yeah, you sort of hit the canvas very hard and you knocked him out. I remember when we look, you know, I would always be one for. I would have always looked at your scrapbook and stuff and seen things. But that win seemed to really project you well up in the British rankings. I think you know because of how devastating that knockout was, and because Lenny Hart was heavier and stuff. That then was putting you up maybe in the top five in Britain. Were you at that stage thinking about the British title, or did did you think to yourself like I'm twenty twenty one? you know whatever age you were at that time did you still feel you were a little bit away from that at that no, stage all along i i i've always then get the, when you're turn pro and get the start band the, the box man scenes and stuff you see your name and there's 40 odds 
there's 30 of them and playing 20 there's in the top 10 now you just start to see yourself progressing mm-hmm. you know what I mean so I just say well hopefully I'll get a shot at the British yeah, kid because I'm, I'm, I'm at it now yeah. I'm, I'm at it I, um, over over that, that that year I lost my job the wee job the building job and then I worked in the pack banks and what it was only for six months they were kind of just used for six months and then I was it so you were on the dole and just trying to make a living and it was yeah. tough yeah to get to get the bills paid and different things got there so the more I was fighting I was doing I was earning at least if I hadn't got a job well after the, the Lenny Hard fight I actually didn't fight again till six months and at this time my wife your mother was pregnant with Haley, and she wasn't happy she, living in Stoke when summers come up we used to go over for two weeks and Christmas used to go over for a week any time I had to see the family I had no family over there and stuff and she suppose she was homesick homesick and I was like homesick but uh, I was just carrying on because I was boxing doing whatever but uh, that so uh, we decided to just pack up and go home so we did and when you were gonna go home was like were you thinking right okay i've had these 13 fights here but i'm just gonna have to move back because you know we're not happy did you think that I, you were going to be able to stay i know pat brogan didn't really know i talked yeah i, I talked to pat pat brogan and i was saying because of francis uh been homesick and and we just i just had to go back with her and but i still want him to manage me and i would try and get my brother patrick to help me with a train or something and then come over a week before the fight what's it did a week before the fight now is that it. right and there wasn't much it was like kind of a rush kind of thing mm-hmm. so we're six months it was just taking over and different stuff and then he said to me we'll have a fight for you against jimmy alice again the king's hall and i i constantly trained and ticked over and some after six seven weeks before the fight to put the train that and different stuff Got a couple of wee spars. Ian McGuire, my ex sandwicher trainer, actually helped me a couple of times. He gave me a couple of wee spars. Um, and you're only talking a couple of spars, same, same thing. But I trained hard. I was a always a hard trainer. Always put my the effort in, in the gym. Yeah. So I did. So I kept me on the road working on. So that led up till I fought Jimmy Alice. Yeah, and, and that was I, a rematch. And I came over a week before the fight, and everything was alright. Just. Mm-hmm the hard trains over just shit at backs and scabbing skipping and stuff and uh fought uh jimmy alice and uh, i actually this time fought in the king's hall again and the the, the the open big crowd it was there again it wasn't a dinner show and it was a great atmosphere and i actually stopped jimmy alice this time right and i think it was in the seventh right? i guess so right. i actually stopped him this time and and, and I just that was a good statement. all along I, I felt myself maturing. I'm a late heavyweight from the seventeen. I felt myself maturing and feeling and which went and then fights maybe 12 7, 12 5, 12 5 and I felt really strong at that at that time. Yeah. Um so at that stage when you went fourteen and oh, there was I think your fifteenth fight there was a big opportunity because you were gonna be on uh ITV. There was yeah. then this new I think there was a a show coming out uh, in the evenings and stuff. Fight night, night, fight night, night wasn't it? Yeah. Night, and so yeah. your fifteenth fight was actually you were going to be fighting um, your first uh, foreign opponent. I think it was Johnny Hell, and that was going to be uh, on TV like a big sort of breakthrough for you. Um, yes. But 
that turned out to be your first defeat. Yes. Um, so what? How did that come about? How did you feel getting in that fight, or how did that fight go in well, your eyes? What happened at the time is, is the same. I was, was training with my brother Paddock for a client, and he was helping me out, and I got a couple of these spars. Ian McGuire was helping me with a couple of spars, a couple of guys he knew. But it was just, I didn't get. To, I know myself this year. You're not getting. There's no sparring, and then I'm not sure how long after that our fight was even the distance or the time. I think um I think that was it was still in eighty seven it was towards the yes, end of eighty seven so I think when you you'd fought Jimmy Ellis in August I think that was in the sort of autumn time yes if uh, if you're looking back in your career maybe October November yeah well at that time thankfully enough I think I worked and uh, and a, a what you call an ace came and this was back in Belfast yeah this stage, an ace yeah. came and they want to give you time off to go to do. When I went to England and stuff for for fights, which mm-hmm. was great, thankfully. But uh, but it's just that it's not all the things you're talking about having to like you you know go to your old amateur club, getting a wee spar here, you know, getting time off. It's the preparation. I suppose uh, if you look back now, at you know if you look at ones coming through now, you know ones that come through from the um, amateurs, you've got all this MTK at the moment where they look after them. They've got yeah, sponsorship. Yeah. They're not having to go to work. You know the yeah. stuff you're describing. It's that's it's not really the best preparation to go in and have fights. Big you know, time, big time, just... big time, big time. It's not. Uh, but go back to also to the fight against Held a week before it, or a couple of days when I when I got the boat. I got the boat over. To the thing, I was doing the same thing. It's going to go over a week before the fight, but a week before the fight, even on the boat, I got a dose uh, like a flu bug. Mm-hmm. I just felt my body like that, that feeling great. And Pat Rogan, being my, my ex trainer, but a manager, says, oh, I'll give you a I think he, I'm not sure why. I says, like, I think I, I says, I'll be okay or whatever. See, so I sweated out in bed for a couple of days. Right. Five days before the fight. And it wasn't a sweat, I wasn't sweating in bed. And I, you know, you're not going to get earn any money. Mm-hmm. Your you thing and big shoes on. So you didn't want to pull out. I didn't want to. I kind of wanted to pull out. I says no. You just say to yourself, it might be all right. It might be. And uh, the think the bug was still in my system when I fought Jimmy mm-hmm. Hill that night. When I fought Jimmy Hill that night, I wasn't myself. I wasn't Noel McGee. The light heavier thing. The way I was, and the fight went to distance. And and I thought it was a close enough fight, but he got the decision. And to me. I thought I should have got to the season. But it was a half a point as it well. Was a half a, and he was in a way fighter. He was the way fighter, which I was disappointed with. And it came to think like, I am in a way fighter anyway. I'm from, from Ireland. Yeah. And I'm fighting over there. But they, they, they took me took me aboard being, being in Stoke at times. And, and a lot of people still come out and see the fights. I think Jim Watt and Reg Guthridge said that they felt that you deserved to just yes, about win it that about, night. I you know. thought, honestly, I, I just about won yeah. But, and... I uh, didn't get the decision. That was my first defeat. Yeah. Um. So after that first defeat, um, obviously you'd have been very disappointed. But you were actually given an opportunity to go abroad for your sixteenth uh, fight, uh, and uh, go to Paris, and fight a guy called Rafino Angulo. Well, the thing was, me and Pat discussed it on the phone. Different stuff. He said, "No, you're gonna have to come back over to the England six weeks." I had to work it out. Well, we oh, because of the Johnny Hell fight that he fight, yes, think he that, said that yeah. six weeks, six weeks 
and I was saying, yes, exactly, that's what I have to do. Six weeks in a training camp. Yeah, because it wasn't... In training camp, so in that when I went back, I was in the same fur pretty of my Like, I had to leave her again. I had to leave you, you and stuff. And, and at that time, was, there's no you're only going to a phone box mm. one one night a week and, and for 15 minutes or whatever, how you tune or whatever, and mm. thing. So I was lonely. It was... She stood, she, she stuck, she stood behind me, so I'm thankful for that. For me, now, trying to follow my dream of, of becoming, I started to get the thing, I, I, I'm in the top 10. I'm not sure then, either Tony Wilson was champion or whatever, but I, I, I could see that I, I, I maybe have the beatings of him. I think you'd also, around that time, did you spar Tom Collins too? Uh, he was well, once, I, yes, once I went to the... Li, I, my biggest camp then was Liverpool, Liverpool Kirby, I think it was, and, and there's an old trainer, Charlie Atkinson. So, from there, are five days a week, we went five days a week, I was getting sparring with them lads, yeah. oh, I was late heavy, but it was better. But it's still sparring better was better than nothing. Mm-hmm. Sparring was better than nothing. So, uh, the fight after Johnny Hill, once you've moved to Liverpool and you've got in a better camp, um, Pop Rogan was uh, given the opportunity to go to uh, France. To fight Rafino Angulo, did you know anything about? I knew nothing. Knew nothing at all. Knew nothing at all. He just says, "I'll get you. You're, you have a fight abroad." I went over six weeks before the fight, and stayed in Liverpool to say, and I used to get the train from where I stayed in Liverpool up and up to. It was up out running in the morning, half five in the morning, and then you got the train. You went back, went to bed, get breakfast, and then you got the train from about twelve and got the gym for one or whatever. Mm-hmm. The way I worked out. As the the guy that you ended up were the fight with Fino Angulo, at this stage he was the reigning French champion. Yeah, he's he'd French be, he'd champion. He beat a guy, uh, I forget, Carm Michaelis or something. He was a European champion. Yeah. Uh, previously, and he'd beat him, and he'd actually just went twelve rounds with Virgil Hill for the yeah. WBA light heavyweight title. So that's yeah. for that for that to be your fight after losing to Johnny Hill. That was a tough tough fight for you to have uh, over in Paris um, you know how was the experience of going abroad and having the fight and you know how did the fight go um, uh, as well well come back just a wee bit to Charlie Atkinson he with his camp I was getting a sparring which all fighters need you need sparring and you can't go carry on without getting actually sparring but I was getting sparring constantly and uh, he also sh- sh- showed me 10 days before the fight no, cut out the, your long runs and just do sprints. And I did. Kirby, we were beside a, a track over there as well. I was able to do sprints up and down the tracks and they cut the down after four days before the fight. And then you did no running and you let your, your, your strength, your legs come back. And then the way it worked out, when you peaked, you were like a friggin'. Um, ready to jump you yeah. so much energy three showed you how to p- he, make sure he, you're peaking on the no oh, I, oh through that door mm-hmm. he, he helped me with that door and that did help me in my training preparation mm-hmm. big time I, and when I went to fight Angolo I'm thinking naively oh, Pat's just could pick me some uh, opponent that I can beat so uh, you're, I was very na- naive at times mm-hmm. so it was through my just trusting basically your training, trusting you your, your, your trainers are, and your manager are, especially your trainers, they, they look after you in, in that ring. But I remember I was over in Paris and I remember uh, 
the weigh-ins were Angolo and his different stuff and the atmosphere was great now it was a big thing over there so yeah. it was so I uh and with the fight it was an eight round fight and it was a big not some arena over but it was packed out packed out and I think they just thought I was going to be an army journeyman or someone needed to come over but I beat him I beat him eight round I, I definitely I, I beat him I oh, and it ended up ended up a draw and they get a draw over in Paris against thing that there it's a win I know that yeah. so I came away I came off to my feet there's a fight there's a draw but, even but the, looking back on it it was a great accomplishment to the guy I beat and I think the French crowd sort of they were booing at different stuff they, yes. they knew you'd won the fight yeah, yeah. they were reading reports different ones yes throwing, throwing cushions in the ring and stuff yeah. Yeah. I just outboxed Angola that night yeah, but that yeah. that draw it was probably it was as good as a win because back here I remember yes. when you read the reports and stuff it was that was a fantastic result for you. And yeah. the thing about that was Angulo's next fight after that draw he fought for the IBF world title because he was actually ranked number two in the IBF when yeah. you fought him. Yeah. So he that draw he was still able to fight for the world title. Yeah. You know before you your fight and after so that definitely that was a fantastic yeah. achievement to basically beat him and get that yeah. draw. Yeah. Um, I said I felt that with this new with getting the sparring and uh, working away with my running and doing sprints coming to the end I just felt yes an extra level I felt an extra energy extra level and actual th- more growing with the professional game as a late heavyweight and I felt looking looking up who's champion and uh, in, in that gym I got I got sparred Tom Collins who was a expert and European champion and I got to bat him in the spar you know what I mean and, and then a new thing and I'm going Right, hoping for like the next next shot. Yeah, um, and we were talking earlier about the Johnny Health fight. It was supposed to be on TV, but because you yeah. lost, yeah, I think you remember you said they didn't actually even show it that night. No, uh, but your next fight after the Angulo fight was against the guy American fighter called Mike Brothers, and that was going to be on yes. fight night again. So this was another opportunity. Yes, that you maybe didn't take the last time because obviously with the defeat, so you were going to this, be on this time. I'm over six weeks and just. Uh, I actually stayed with Judas Claddy Monday. He's in his house, so or, or he we got rented off this guy, and and uh, he had went away at the weekend. But Monday to Friday, we're up running and stuff, and going up to the gym and sparring different stuff. And I fought a guy called Mike Mike Brothers in Marigan, an or big black guy in Marigan, and ended up I stopped him. I think the six six rounds. And, and the six rounds, and I felt great. Really and, 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 and uh, although, because I'm constantly training and different things, my weight was coming down a bit. I was only weighing. Aye, for that one. But you see, uh, to me, looking back on, I never got no advice and nutrition and different stuff. I was eating dinners just a wee bit extra sports. I wasn't eating enough to be a strong lad heavyweight to keep that strong lad heavyweight because you're constantly training, and. At times, my muscles was thing the way. Because yeah. uh, you wouldn't have walked around sort of thirteen and a half stone. No, 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 no. I was, I was always around thirteen. St- yeah. I was around the thirteen stone mark. You know what I mean? And then when between things you're working and you're yeah. labouring and, and trying to earn a living. Yeah, and I remember with that with that Mike Brothers uh, win because it was a very good one. I remember um, you got interviewed in the ring by um, I can't remember who the commentator was. Jim Watt. And, uh, yeah, no, Jim Watt was a commentator. The, the guy that was presenting yes, me, he asked yes, you, yes. and I always remember 
when I watch it, he sort of says, "Ah, oh, they're talking about Noel, you fighting for a world title when the next year." Yeah. And uh, even knowing you, I know from your expression, yeah. you were probably taken back, like where that came from. But was that a shock? When I remember you were starting to mention world titles before you even fought for a British. No, team? here I, I was uh, completely out of thing with my mommies at the time, even saying that that I was thing for world titles. It's maybe I, because you'd obviously beaten Angulo. But uh, at the same time, you knew yourself. That's I, I, here, yeah, no, my, my main thing was the, the, the win, either the British or, or the Irish, British or the Commonwealth, or not even the Commonwealth, Commonwealth was a big one out then, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But I wanted to, to get there. I never say as, I just say, I think, I think that's what I'm a no, trainer. But, but he, we never discussed anything, I guess. It was just, it was me, I, I see him get myself higher up in the British ratings and just the fate. I remember maybe even starting it, just the, the, the fight for the British title, that's a big thing. I'm, 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 I would be an amazing thing to do mm-hmm. as it was going along as a professional, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so after the Mike Brothers fight, your next fight uh, turned out to be a very tough one uh, because yeah, you were giving away so much weight. You were talking about your weight being so light, but you were actually supposed to fight a guy I think called Keith Vining, um, who was another American that was going to come over and this was going to be on TV again. Yes. Um, and he dropped out on yeah. near enough the eve of the fight, and they put you in with a guy called Ian Bullock, who was a cruiserweight. Cruiserweight. And that night you gave away, I think, eleven or twelve pound, basically a stone. Yeah. Um, and that ended up that was a ten rounder as well. I uh, think it was, it was your a first ten, ten rounder. It was a ten rounder, yeah. Um, and that ended up being a draw that yeah. fight against uh, you know, and it was in Hull as well, so they chose a guy from Hull. Yeah. You know, which I tell me a bit about that. The same thing. I won the fight. I, I thought I won the fight. And they they've given it a draw, but there's me, the guy from Ireland. I'm still still fighting all around the place. Uh, I give it a draw, and I think Jim Watt mentioned that I, that he thought I should have got the decision yeah. in that. But he he done the commentary and he yeah. done the commentary on a lot of it. My, my fight was was in television, and he, Jim Watt to me is as straight as a die. Yeah. I've seen him doing interviews on other fighters, and he he tells us it's straight. Yeah, but giving away twelve. I mean, that's, yeah, uh, this that's guy went on to fight for the British title, so he did. A cruiserweight, Johnny Nelson, he, Johnny Nelson. he did. Yeah. He did. So I was dis- disappointed, but as a draw, and uh, earning a couple of pounds. Yeah. I mean, um, and then from there, uh, your next fight um, was, I think, against um, was it a Belgian guy, Monsieur, and this turned out yes. to be a fight that put you out of action for quite a while because yeah. of a, a terrible uh, cut that you got in your eye um that fight uh i think it was the fifth round uh you yeah. ended up it was stopped uh, yeah. from a cut and yeah. now because of the rules it's a frustrating one because now after four completed rounds that would have went to scorecards because yeah. it was accidental head clash wherever it was but that actually was yeah. a defeat on your record that was, i was disappointed very disappointed now though because i felt great and as i was winning 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 every, every round uh-huh. And and getting stronger, and I seen him, and he clashed of heads. My eye was cut, and I, and the ref, and my eye was open like a wee face, like like a, like a big thing. But I didn't get too much blood in my eye. I mean, I was wanting to box on, and the referee says no, and that was it. That was it. And so I was very disappointed. You had to get a lot of uh, did you get a plastic surgery stitches? Or no, I got stitches in the dressing room. In the dressing room, there was no. No needle going in the my, my thing to freeze it. He just he just 
the doctor just straight started started to straighten away and, and, and thing that happened tired. Yeah. And that kept you out for uh, a decent amount of time, did a few months with the, the, yeah, that heel thing. Eye, that, that Look at your stuff. record, I think it's about yeah. seven or eight months, you know, yes. from that fight. So you're getting longer between the fights and stuff this time, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um around this time, this was a, this was uh the very end of nineteen eighty eight, I think, when uh, that um Monsieur fight happened, there was a new weight division in Britain that came out called yeah. the super middleweight division which was 12 stone yeah um you were saying earlier you were i think for quite a few of your uh three or four fights before and you were coming in 12 2 12 3, three yeah so yeah the, the decision was made by well you tell us i mean was it made by yourself or pat brogan that this new super middleweight division of 12 stone that you were going to maybe try and campaign out of that well and in a kind of a way pat brogan turned around and says this new decision or the division's out and all and I think you should go first because you looked your weights away on, so you're only a couple of pounds over it. And looking back, I, I just says naive, and I just says, "Aye, okay, okay." And then we make it a we, we title, shout that to her. So same old, same old. I went back to the training camp for six weeks, and they had me set up the fight. Paul McCarthy. A Paul McCarthy, and that fight there. I was away from from your, your mother, Frances, again, and yourselves, again, for the six weeks and training, just sparring the two uh, late middleweight and a welterweight, and done my run and everything was great. And I ended up, I think it was the second round, second I stopped round. Paul McCarthy, and I felt I actually had 12 stone. So you weighed in at 12 I, uh, stone? No, I, I, yeah, I weighed in 12 stone, and I wouldn't say. The fight was over in two rounds, mm -hmm. so I can't tell. I felt strong enough. Yeah, during those two rounds. Yeah. During those two rounds, but I know myself looking back. I'm not. I was never a super middleweight. No, I couldn't have done it. Well, I ended up I did do it. Yeah. And at my the thing, parallel or whatever like. And I suppose, and the thing was because this new weight division came out, and I don't know how many. You know, because if it's a brand new weight division, you don't know how many fighters are actually in it. But after that McCarthy fight, I think you were ranked number two in Britain, um, and you yes. were in line then yes. to fight for the British title. So all those fights you'd had at light heavy, the British yes. title shot against Tony Wilson didn't really seem to be coming up. So it wasn't coming up. I suppose off. maybe Pat Brogan sought right here's <laughs> a ch chance maybe of a British title, I'll but it wasn't your natural. I'll throw my nerve. I'll throw my nerve. Yeah, I'll throw my nerve. There was no good a face thing in it. You know what I mean? Okay, so um, after you beat Paul McCarthy, um, it was announced then that you were going to be fighting Sam Story, who was the newly crowned British Super Middleweight Champion. He was from Belfast, North Belfast, the New Lodge, um, and you were going to be fighting him eight weeks after the Paul McCarthy fight in Belfast. That was quite a short you know, uh, gap from the previous fight. How did that training camp go for the Sam Story fight? Well, as you say, I didn't have much time off. I hit the 12 stone, I didn't have much time off, and then must must have took a week off, and then I was back over again till Liverpool. And over the, that spell, looking back now, when I, what went wrong, what things happened in the training camp, my body was starting to lose the muscle and starting to lo lose in my legs, and, and actually 10, 10 weeks, 10 days before the fight. Is when I all my hard runs are done, long runs are done, and that's when I get into my sprinting. And the very first day of doing the sprinting, the, the tenth day, I my leg pulled up, and I got a, like a uh, thing in my muscle, right. and I, I could hardly walk. I was, end up I had to stop my sprinting, right. and didn't do no sprinting at all because it was too sore. 
I just pulled pulled the ligament. I think just because the muscles, my ass was was wasting away, that this this was a fact. And um, I never did no spin, so it was a big setback. I didn't say too much to anybody about it. I just got on, on with it, and finished off a wee bit of I was sparring. Judas Claddy and the sword, the sword sparring partner again, but there was no southpaw in the gym. Either Sam Stoy was a southpaw, and he was an awkward southpaw. Mm-hmm. I had sparred him twice, about a year before, whatever, and I found him. He's a good at his, he's, yeah, he's, right, he's yeah. a southpaw, good slippery and thing, and hard to pin down. Yeah. He was a good good boxer, the southpaw, and awkward. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, when you're talking about your leg pulling up and stuff, because you you said that you hit 12 stone, you fought Paul McCarthy yep. 12 one or 12. Yeah, 12 stone on that. I, I just watched myself and just see that I make it and then did. So because you'd hit 12 stone and then you'd maybe only taken a week off, you've probably only maybe went up two or three, four pound, and then you're jumping straight into a hard seven week camp. So do you yeah. think over that time you were just wearing away? Oh, my body just wore away. Yeah, my body just wore away. The muscle mass wore away. And I, you never looked at in the, in the mirror at yourself. Or no means you're, you're getting a you're getting a you're getting a shave and different shave. Watch it, watch what your my stomach, my six pack wasn't loving too yeah. bad. But the rest of my body, I over that time, I was the was wearing down. But sure, I mean, surely looking back, your coach and your team should have been monitoring your weight because especially with being a new weight division, the fact that you were light heavy, they. You know, they should have been looking, saying, "Right, no, here, boom, you're slightly under twelve stone here, three weeks out, right? You need to eat more. Yeah, eat more. Happen, no, no advice in that at all. No advice. I, I was, I was eating. I was never really hungry, but I was, I wasn't eating enough. And I know now, yeah. looking back as a sportsman, yeah. sports, sports, seven, sportsman, I know nutrition's a big thing, and your dad and stuff. And I just wasn't eating enough, and I wasn't. And if you take your 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 clothes off and you're in your your boxing gear and stuff to me the trainer or the coach the manager sort of said here look look the thing you're getting very lean you're looking yeah because um looking back in any clips i've seen of that um i remember i seen a clip of the the press conference and stuff and i remember when i seen it you know saying oh my god your face looks so so drawn in you just looked you just didn't look yourself the one thing i was going to say as well this was a big big fight in belfast because it was a Big Derby. It's like a Derby, Derby. It's two, two Belfast add, lads. Did that add any extra pressure? Because although you were in Stoke and stuff, but would you coming back to Belfast? This was the first time your home fans would have seen you. Yes. You, yes. You'd been away for yeah. what four or five years. Yeah. Did that add that extra bit of pressure too that you were having to fight someone you know very close yeah. to where you were from as well? My instinct, believe it or not, my instinct inside told me kind of not to do it. Yeah, you never really had a good. I never, either. I never had a good feeling. It was one of the first times. Uh, it's like, but you, you just go with your, uh, you, you go ahead and all you yeah, and do it. It's a good opportunity. It's a good opportunity and take. It. But my gut feeling and say, my instinct, think, great thing. Yeah. But looking back on it, I should have listened and just yeah. say, no, look, I'll, I'll, I'll do fight. I'll stay late, have a bit, really. But in the long run, I know in the long run, looking back. It all worked better for me. Yeah, I had to go through the pain. Yeah, and uh, the hurt, but uh, I, I moved on. They moved on. Yeah. And so the you came over what a few days before the fight from England. Yeah, and you wouldn't have seen you wouldn't have seen my mum. You wouldn't have nope. seen a lot of your family for quite a while. No, there's no there's no seven weeks actually. Your mum was on her own, not so that was tough for her. Yeah. Like, 
And did the how did your did your family notice that you looked different? Was there any, you know, or you know, at the weigh in and stuff like that there? Down at the weigh ins, I remember my young brother Eamon and Patrick they were all alright and everything everything alright and I says, Ah oh, I'm alright, okay. How you feel? I'm I'm okay. But you just it's insane still. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going here when I the uh, the day of the weigh ins of the fight, I got up that morning and Barney and uh, the, 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 the coach at the time and, and Pat Brogan I got a, a pair of bathroom skills I think it was a week before for the fight and I was I was my weight was low mm-hmm. I, I was I think it was under under 12 stone then the week before oh yeah a few, few, few pound under oh you'll be alright you'll be alright it's alright maybe 12 nine I was 12 10 oh you'll be alright oh, there's no problem you making a weight but there's part of me making a wedding. No, 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 that's that's the attitude. But the morning of the fight, Pac Brogan and Charlie asking, "What? Oh, we poor bathroom skills. Oh, here to jump an MR, and I weighed eleven stone six. Now that, that that's a middleweight. That's a middleweight. That's crazy. That was a middleweight. And oh, there's no. I just looked them and looked at them. And said, oh, you'll be all right. This is their attitude. This is their attitude to me. I shouldn't pull out of that fight. I know it's too. It's just, oh, everything's done. The thing, but before the week before it, that's eight, that's eight pound under the yes of a new division that you'd never really campaigned in, which is even more. You know, no, I never campaigned yeah, in it. Yeah, eleven stone six. So what I did, they, they gave me. I got water and tea and stuff for because then there's you, you wear it in the day of the fight. Yeah. And when I with the water and the tea and stuff, no, I got myself up to eleven nine. Which was still <laughs> no, that's, no, it's 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 not that's not, not me draining off to yeah. try and think here, but so, but with I think looking back straight away, the ten days before the fight, when it was sprinting, I used to love the sprinting, get the mm. real buzz out of it, and get the thing with my leg muscle pulling. <coughs> this signs her. Yeah, I was this the first signs of fuck. Uh, something's wrong something's here. Wrong. Yeah, so um, we'll come to the fight itself. <coughs> yeah, um, Ulster Hall was. Yep. Out, you know, massive crowd. It was on TV. I think it was going to be on ITV late yep. that night and stuff. So a big, big event. It was a big fight in Belfast then. So it was yeah. And when the the you went into the fight, um, when the first round, uh, when I've looked back and watched it, you actually had a very good first round. How did you feel at the very beginning of the fight? Um, see, after the first round, I started getting cramp, a pain in my leg. The first round was good. I just went straight out in the in the mistake. But I was on anti tank. Once you got the mid rounds, it's sort of quick. Kind of. Three, four rounds, maybe? Two, two rounds. Yeah. I, I just felt I didn't feel 100%. And yeah. looking back on it now here, if, if, I could, if I could sit there in the corner and look at myself in the corner and say, fucking not a wonder. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But my, my manager and my trainer were very brave pushing me out there. Oh, yeah. P- pushing you out there, sir. Job to look after him, and then he just, oh, just kept pushing me, pushing me out. And Sam was it was an awkward fighter anyway. Yeah. So it's not a wonder he did beat me. Yeah. Not a wonder. Yeah. And anyone, thankfully, it didn't get hurt. Yeah. Well, Sam, Sam, if you look at the, the fight, I suppose Sam's work rate is very high, but he's not a massive puncher. So no. At least, oh. Thank God that night. I suppose in a way you were then yep. a concussive puncher. Oh, you really I, I, I would have been damaged, really damaged. It was a real tough heart yeah. puncher, but my heart kept Sam going me out. It was my heart. Yeah. 
I'm, I'm still trying. You were still I'm trying. I'm still trying. I'm still trying. No, no, you're just, just trying. But your footwork? Everything. It was starting to try. Anybody, I've never actually looked at the full fight. I've seen a few rounds of it. Just to try and, and then once as I say, I look at myself, I go, for freak's sake, yeah. get out. You couldn't be in that ring. Yeah. You know what I mean? So the fight ended then in the ninth round. Um, tell us a wee bit about that then. Okay. Uh, my, the tank was empty. And myself, and I was pushing myself and pushing me to the corner. Myself popped me out, popped me out. Really, I think I should have pulled out that fight after the third round. With my leg and all was, was dragging. But a, a voice came into my head. I got a few punches to the top of my head. Next thing a voice came in my head said, no, that's enough. Just boom. And then I just dropped to my knees. And I got up. And the referee didn't stop that fight. I just turned my back and I just walked to the corner. And I had enough. And... I'm glad, so glad I did. The that voice did come in here because I could have been badly hurt. Yeah. So when you Physi physically after that fight, I I could have anything could have happened with with boxing when it goes. I I never want no. You don't want to end up in a wheelchair or anything exactly. out there. But I, the right thing for me to do was get out of there. Yeah. And when that when that fight ended, um, obviously you'd been away in England for seven weeks. You went back home. You spent. You then were you know with your family um, over Christmas. After that fight, did you know what you were going to do next? I mean, how, how it, hard was it to get over? I guess it was so, so, so hard. It was my dad. My dad was a great help. My yeah. dad was a great help. He he came around. Me and him used to go out walks. He loved walking. I love walking dogs and stuff. And he was a great help. He says, "No, that wasn't you, son. You were too thin. You're 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 dragging your leg." Yeah. And I says, "I know. Ten days before he said." says well you i seen you dragging your leg and you were thin yeah it wasn't you son and then saying i know i'm a late have yet that's what happened i ended up only 11 6 11 6 11 6 of the day of the fight and he couldn't believe it either like so we talked and i got trying to get myself ahead and praying and what they do now to work <laughs> i've just lost a British tail and you go, well, what do you do? Yeah, it's not as if you have a job mm -hmm. to go back no, to week. No, yeah. no, 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 no mean, job now. Did you contemplate not boxing again at that stage? Was it at that sort of point where you were thinking? Well, the big, that burning desire. Was still there? Is sitting there still, I mean, it's still boiling over. What did I do? But what did I do? And then my dad, my, my dad was out walking in your ground and he's, he says, why did you ask Barney Eastwood to take you on? I said, Frank. And I says, uh, yeah, I will do in January, yeah. yes, in November. So between that and I, we had to get the doctor all out and the doctor after the fight and all because I was that drained. And he's there's lactic acid in your legs and different stuff. That's what's happened. You weren't, you were too late and too yeah. thing over there. But so I, I knew then. I'm not, I'm not, I wasn't a superman. I ended up only a middleweight in that fight. The way that. Uh, the camp went. I just I know it just wasn't eaten enough. It wasn't phased enough. We went into tracings and stuff. I didn't take a break after the McCarthy fight. Really, the put down I extra we had on, and the day of of your fight, you should be coming in level, as close oh, to yeah. that or weight and as strong, be as strong as you can. And I knew I'm a light heavyweight. I'm gonna have to start building myself again. So I get back into my bulwark, which are like uh, uh, Atkinson. Charles Atlas, sorry, exercises and drunk milk and drunk thing and built, started building my body up. Train, running, 
wee surrogates and stuff, and just between, it's, I had a few weeks off, and then, or maybe a month, a lot of weeks off. Yeah, but, over Christmas. But, Christmas oh, I over Christmas and stuff, but I just started building all my body and my muscle and started building my, my body up. And myself and my, my dad phoned Barney Eastwood and, and Barney in January, the beginning of January. Um, that's right, and Barney Eastwood was just the, like, Barney Eastwood was Sam Story's manager. Yeah, so no, no, he wasn't. Even as his promoter. He, he was his promoter, not so his, his manager. Promoter, he wasn't his manager? No, he, he, Sam had a different oh, right, manager. He was his promoter. Manager, yes. But Barney, at that time. But he was in his camp, his, oh, his gym. It, so. what, what I was going to have to do, I was saying, well, I'm going to have to go into his camp. Yeah. Into that camp where they think that trained to beat me and whatever. Yeah. So it took a lot of grit and determination myself and I and belief myself to, to say fuck look I'm gonna show that I wasn't me in yeah. that fight you know what I mean yeah. I'm sure that was because was Eddie Shaw was Eddie and Eddie Shaw yeah Eddie Shaw God rest him he when I went in, in the gym I, I was we talked over I talked over with, with, with Barney me and my dad for a play them he went with me and Tony Baker Barney East one's right hand on Secretary and we talked over and yes Barney was going to take me on mm -hmm. and I, I was there on I had a contract I saying that I think I only had nine months actually no six months or seven months left of the contract with, with Pat Brogan but I just said well I'll just go with yeah. Barney because what happened straight away I said like they shouldn't have sent me in and let me yeah. fight that fight they, they, they're just you're just a wee pawn to these people yeah, yeah. No, as you say, they were very brave. You know, oh, brave Sammy. Yeah. Same, and actually, Brogan, or Pat Brogan, actually phoned one time. Oh, you, you turned your back in the fight. No, that was his attitude. Yeah. You know what I mean? When he knew I was, when I had signed up with Egypt, that was his attitude. And Flurry played your man. Your man ended up just grabbing the phone. Just said, here, look, don't phone here again. Yeah. Just put the phone so down. He was, he was a bit, yeah. Oh, he was, he was backed off because here. But how how can I go back back over there? I know. The go through that a fight that I could have lost my life or been yeah. physically or, or physically damaged. Yeah. There's no way. So I said, "Sit." I just cut the slate playing with him. That was him funny. Uh, him, me and him funny. But also for the last couple of years, travelling over to England for uh, six seven weeks after. I'm sure that was a strain on uh, you, you my mom, me, marriage. Too. Yes, hundred sure percent. Having your gym, you know, two miles down the road or whatever in the city centre. Yes, yes. At home, that there would have made a difference to your. Oh, big your, time. Just your happiness in yourself. Big your, time. You see now, and that time now when I'm joining, I signed up the the join. Barney, um, I'm also out of work. Barney's gym is at one o'clock. Yeah. And there's not many people you're working for. I'll say, oh, you can go off and go for to the gym hours. for two hours. But lucky enough for me, for the second time, I was able to get joined uh, a government scheme which uh, guaranteed you work for a year. And uh, it was uh, in, in Ardoyne and it was... Uh, just learn a wee bit about mechanics and I asked them was there and through the government thing they were allowed if we were a sportsman or something oh, right, okay. the couple of hours off nice. like like I was allowed to go away for six weeks at time uh, when, when I was on the scheme in I knew I was guaranteed work and because there's no other job I could, I could have done yeah. this for when you're trying to follow your dream you're trying to think you need things like that and that was just a wee bit of luck. And your your ma also joined this scheme, or the, 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 she got working. She got a year's work as well. So we had at least a wee bit of income coming in the house. Yeah. 
with the two of us. So that's that's the way that went. And I remember the way money wasn't we had a mortgage and the bills and all all the pay, but the, uh, I remember I couldn't afford the taxi for. Because uh, the gym was was Monday to Saturday when you're in the gym, and that's six, six days a week. So I went down to Castle Street and I bought a second hand bike, sixty five quid it cost me at the time, and I rode that bike up and down. Now the Crumlin Road, easy, great going down into it. Yeah, it's all downhill, but see when you were coming up that uh, that Crumlin Road with my training bag was about five pound heavier. With fucking, cause sometimes you'd lost five pound, four pound weight, aching. And sometimes trying to get up that hill. See them spar, and you know, <laughs> yeah. obviously taking a few oh. whacks to the face, and then having to yeah. do that. My God, right? So, no. so, um, yeah. So when you went to Barney Switch Gym, was that have been the January? Was that early in? No, 19, I, I 19, was. 19? No, I was. I was saying right here's nineteen ninety, and this is a new deck here, and that just drove me on. So this is a new deck here. I'm gonna try and become a champion. Try and win. I wanted to win. I wanted to prove to myself and better what happened with Sam's story. I'm, I'm a late heavyweight. I never was a super, or a super middleweight or and I end up with, end up with middleweight. But I just focused and drained myself, yes, and get myself as fit as I can. I was in the gym. I was the first fighter in the gym. Now, the gym was down Castle Street upstairs and the steep stairs up until it. And, and I was in it. And uh, Eddie Shaw's, yep, he, he was still there at the time. He ended up passing, he was ill at the time, he ended up passing away. But he seen me in the gym and I, straight away, even in, in, even in the January, I was up near the late half of it. Oh, you put oh, right, oh, here, more? Yeah. I, I'd probably was back up to about 12, 12, uh, 5, 12, 7. I was, okay. yeah, over. I'd build my body and my muscles was starting the thing again. Mm -hmm. So I seen him looking at me. Looking at me, one of the, he he was one of the first ones to see me training and see me. I, I was doing circus well away on my own, and just seeing him looking at me and he's like, "Fuck, he's bigger mm -hmm. than he was." No, yeah. he's she's she's. she's but at night, yeah, and then down the lane. Uh, me say after about two weeks, then all the other fighters started coming in the gym. They were Sam Story, Ray Close, there was Dave McCauley. Mm -hmm. World champion. Oh, world, world champion. Everybody in that gym ended up nearly become champions or something. And and uh, when you went in that gym, you're up there and stuff, and you seen the, the hunger in all their eyes. Oh, wow. They're all wanting to become champions. Oh, I, I was I was joined the Premiership yeah. <laughs> from the Fastball Conference yeah. thing and talking about say for training this. Yeah. Or, or and and actually one thing that got the thing to me when I when when you get trained. They pull the book out. John, John Bean had just joined the campaign. They pull the book out and write your name down and get you to jump on the scales before you before you train. Then after you train, they, they read it they in. They monitor. They 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 read it in the diary. What your weight is. But that's what you should be. Exactly. You should be doing. A hundred percent. But I didn't know that. See, no, you only. There's nobody ever tells you yes or to you. I I, I was just learning. As they go along, but I'm saying to myself, should I said, Fuck, well, this is good. Yeah. They'll know if anything goes wrong my weight. I like, I I never went anywhere near 12 stones. Thing. I was well up 12, 7, 12, 10, getting the, and then in the gym, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. 13 stones. And I was, I was around about there when, when I was in that gym training. Right. 
Um, and so would the plan have been then that maybe, I don't know, uh, just before the summer break, May, June, would that you would have had your first fight or when did you think I was po- Well, I was supposed to have, well, Barney, he, he, he had to have me out. For, he was running shows every lot of months. Yeah. At times, it was, we're, we're spoiled. Belfast it was great for being a Faisal there because there were so many builds coming and there were world tile builds, there were European tile builds, all think, big builds. I think now people don't appreciate, like I suppose at that time it was just that's that was the norm. There. Yeah. I think now when you look back and I've seen there's been a few things in papers and all of anniversaries of and there's been things about Barney's but that was like the golden generation. Uh-huh. And I mean and because the thing about Barney was he was attracting people. Yeah. Like he had ones, Crawford Ashley was from yep. England, yep. Paul Huckinson was from England. These were guys that were travelling all the way over to another country to train there. Santo España. Santo España, Venezuela. Victor Gatova. Yeah, I mean, that's... World champion. Yeah. Two world champions or two world so champions. you were getting into an absolute elite oh. uh, gym, which I'm sure that they were... 100%. Uh, on, oh, here, at, at, at... To me, the second half of the boxing thing, uh, it served my apprenticeship. Yeah. With Robin. Yeah. Uh, Ups and down, and this is now getting the the thing in the league yeah. of really becoming a, a, a fighter and a and a, a future champion. Yeah, um, and so uh, the plan was to get a fight a wee bit earlier in the year. You didn't actually have your first fight because September. Why was that? Because a few uh, I had a, a couple of picked a wee few injuries up and now a couple of colds and flus, and I was just here and that and that fit and that thing yeah. to go into it. I want to be one hundred percent. At least that's good. That, that you were honest. Yes. This time, no. Yep. I, I took a week off. Remember, we those the flu. We things going about. But all along, it took me. I know myself. It took my my body, physically and mentally, kind of those nine months to build up. Yeah. Until you were ready. Yep. Until and then I was getting all this here and I was up and down the bike and fucking six days a week. I was apart from a couple of things. I was in that gym six days a week. Yeah. Six days a week. So I did. Up and down, up and down. Um, and so your first fight um, for Barney Eastwood then was September 1990. It was on the undercard of a Dave Boy Macaulay. World title fight, yeah. And uh, you were to face a guy called Glass Campbell. Yeah. And this turned out to be a tough comeback fight. Well, Tell us a bit about that. It didn't happen. Glass Campbell, he, he, he was ranked in the top 10. He had beat um, Tony Wilson, who was a former British champion. And uh, he had also beat... Crawford Ashley, who was the future British Commonwealth European title. He, he, he was a great boxer, good, good boxing man, Glaze Campbell. But I did beat him, I outboxed him. But it was tough. It, it was one tough. I remember in the in the changing room in the King's Hall, this was me and John Lowy. Sure, that the same wee changing room was like was a Size of your toilet that we we bags, just just, just we wee bands, and I was sitting in that that changing room from half six with my my shorts, my boxing boots, and everything on, just uh, my cloak over my my robe over my over my body. From half six, and my fight was the last fight of the night, and so the mantle thing you had to go through. Waiting, you don't know what it's not just boxing, Max. It was the waiting till you get in that ring. And actually, we didn't get in the ring nearly 12 at night. Yeah. So, I'm now you think that I'm sitting there from half six or whatever. John Lloyd's fight was already over now, I was on my own. You, you, you're just waiting. You're the, your body is part of your body saying, I need to go to sleep. It's yeah. a sleep time. And the other part, no, <laughs> I need to get, I'm going to be fighting here. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? So I, I was a tough, tough thing. And it was an eight rounder as well. Which oh, would oh looked it was like an eight rounder. Career, I oh. thought you would think of maybe a six rounder for your first one, an eight round, and it was eight tough rounds. And a tough, and against one tough, he was tough. tough he's a tough, and he's a smart. He was a good skill. I, I had to use the best oh. of my boxing ability to beat him. To beat him, yeah. That yeah. night, yeah. yeah. That night. And I mean, as you say, you, yeah, you were there. Uh, yeah, I think you were there. Yes, you were. You were there. You were on a chase, maybe. Yes. Um, and after that fight, even though you'd won the fight, um, Glass Campbell, I think, went on to beat uh, Tom Collins later he, he, uh, in 1981. Actually, European British champion as well. He actually got a British title shot before you. You see, fought. Yes, yes, yes. So that ended up was a, was a very, very good way. He, to he, he was a top contender. Yeah, well. he was a top contender. Um, so he also he also beat um, Gary Delaney. No, Gary Delaney beat him. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Yes, Gary, yes, no, he, fought, he, yes. Was, he was Southern Irish. Oh, right. Yes, yes, uh, yes, right, yes, yes. The guy's that time. And he's actually... Guy Delaney's that time. He's, he's a comedian now as well. He's, he's a comedian. I'll tell you what, he wasn't funny that night. I hear, I hear, I laughed. I seen the way he clip of him doing the thing. He, but he was a skillful boxer. Yeah, yeah. I had to be on my 100% game, fake plan game. Yeah. And I... And I can see that to help me to get get back in here as a late half with against the top fighter. Yeah, and the good thing then, um, as you say about Barney Eastwood, was that there was a lot of shows in Belfast and stuff like that. So you were actually kept very busy in nineteen eighty one. A hundred percent. As I say, Barney, he didn't pay well. He didn't didn't think, but he had he had the the tracking camp. He had shows. He's he's not just a manager but a promoter, mm-hmm. and he's a business. He's a businessman. He had all the shows going, the TV things and all going. Yeah. And the likes of that there, I won the fight. This is great. I won the fight. And the, the papers, it's all the world champions. This one won, that one won that. And two lanes at the end. And no McGee won. Eight rounds. Yeah. And over, this is the Belfast, the, the Telegraph and the Irish News and stuff. And then but I was, in, in England, I was... Back full back page of the Sentinel For when I when I was winning, when I was one of the fights and I I, I was a, I was a, a small fish. I was a, like two lanes <laughs> I went oh dead on <laughs> but easy, but yeah. I did I did get a the, just before when I did join Barney's Eastwood that the papers Sunday Life and all done a good spread of me and the gym and, and, and even looking at the thing you see my weight and all starting yeah. and I started looking like a lad myself yes <laughs> like looking yeah. like a lad yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, uh, the one thing, just when we're bringing into 1981, around that time in the Swedish gym, um, Victor Cordova had came over a Panamanian and he had yeah. actually won the WBA Super Middleweight yeah. World Title in 1981. With Eastwood. With Eastwood. Yes. Steve Collins came yeah. back from America yes. in 1981 and yeah. was based himself with Eastwood as yes. well. Ray Close, uh, was, yeah. uh, he was getting ready, well, 1982, 93, yeah. he became European champion, so he yeah. was right there. Sam Story would have yeah. uh, maybe have just lost his British title. He did, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, around your weight, and at your weight, Superman yeah. and late heavy with Crawford, actually. Oh, you, the, sparm, the sparm was unbelievable. Uh, it's, uh, top quality from British, Commonwealth European world champions, I was in that ring, sharing that ring with them all. And... At the very start, it was only it was like it was Sam. When when maybe four weeks, three weeks, I was sparring Sam Story, the guy who, who was thing. But my weight was getting it was up again, and I was I was feeling better yeah. at sparring him, and I was sparring very close. I was sparring between the two of them, mm-hmm. and over that over that nine months, me and Sam, me and Sam and Ray close and stuff would were sparring, and I was getting stronger and better, 
And I remember one of the spars, one of our last spars for Sam, and I, and I put him down with a wee hook. And when I get out of there ringing, John Brain was taking my gloves off. He says, no, the fight's over with Sam. Did you think looking back, were you, were you maybe loading up a wee bit or you were just, no. you were just maybe wanting to Fuck, this show the, yourself? And this is the guy who beat yeah. me and I'm, and I'm saying, here, look, here, um, this is the late heavyweight, this is, you didn't beat the real, Yeah. you beat a shell of me. Yeah, so there was maybe a part of you that was wanting the real Yeah, show I, I'm showing him and I'm showing here, this is, this is normally but game. But the John Breen and the Barney's in the, the camp, these are all their fighters and it's like, here, listen. Yeah, yeah, how long? Like, wars in there, no, no, so they end up to stop a spawn. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but that's which is understandable, yes, course, understand yeah. But then, who, who was the spawn? Next Next thing it was, it was spawn, um, Victor Godova, the world champion. And I mean, he was a fantastic. He, he was a fantastic. He was a, he's a, he's a southpaw, yeah. but he's a skillful. But I, I enjoyed sparring yeah. him because Victor, unlike Sam, was a southpaw. He's an awkward southpaw. But Victor was, yeah, was they, like, yeah. Victor was relaxed and it was we were relaxed and, and it was like we chess match. It was a great, it was a great thing of a wee chess match back, back and having a sparring him. I learned yeah. a lot from him and the way he was, he was very cool. Yeah. One of these Panamanians, very cool. Yeah, he better. But I, I and yep, he did, and I, I enjoyed me and him had great sports. Yeah. Great sports really uh, helped. He helped me develop again as a, a better late heavyweight. And another um, fighter that you'd fought before that you would have sparred would have been Steve Collins. How was that? Because was a lot of years have yep, passed. Yeah, Steve Collins he, he came into the gym. And he's pushing on to be. I think, he, I think he had just lost. He lost the world title. Yes, he fought very well. That yes, he did. He did. So and it wasn't too long before they got me in sparring Steve, and I held my own. Yeah. I more than held my own. Yeah. Steve at that time was was super middleweight. Middleweight. No middleweight. Yeah. Submit. So and no, and I was the yeah. and I remember uh, Bernardo. Bernardo Chaga is also one of the trainers in the camp. And Bernardo Chaga, one thing about him. He didn't, John Breen was my, the main trainer, no took us in the past and stuff, and Bernardo took the world challenge, but Bernardo, for going, uh, walking into the gym, he was always had a big smile on him, and he, he used to do a wee bit of, he liked a bit of magic and stuff, and he, and he made you feel welcome. He, he's, a, he's, a, he's one of those characters in, 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 the, in the gym you need. I know the, the, the gym's a hard graph thing, but you need that wee bit of crack and a bit of banter, and he, and he had it, and he... When he, he always had a good, big, big smile and I appreciate him for that. Like. Yeah, no, that's, that's good. Um, so, we'll get <coughs> back to the, the 1981. I think you'd fought uh, three, or sorry, four times that year. You'd yeah. had a, you beat um, Johnny Malta, who was a, he fought for the British title British and, and yep. he moved up and you beat yep. him on points. You beat Simon Collins, you beat yep. Roger McKenzie. Yep. So, you were winning on points, these, but yep. when you look back now as well, that was you just building that confidence again and that yep. was you. You know, getting these fights. Yeah. Um. Towards the end of 1981, you'd won four fights in a row. Um. I think you actually you beat a good American Frank Minton as well. Frank Minton, stop. Yeah. Frank tell Minton. us about that. There. No, was okay, I was in the maze field. I hear and there's, we were fighting in the maze field. Maze field was a good arena too. But you uh. Did in the maze field? You like I did. I. I just. Uh, I loved fighting. That was a good place to fight. Uh. Frank Minton here. I just. Through the car, I think it was, was the second round. I think it was the third round. Was the, the third, third round, round, but I just let the combinations go and, and I end up just stopped them. Yeah. And then here it is just. And he had a good reputation, I think he fought for the NABF uh, America. Yeah. Right? yeah. He, so he, he was a good uh, thing, stepping stone for me. Yeah. So he was to build my confidence up as a late heavyweight. Um, the very end of 1981, um, there was going to be a big opportunity for you to fight Tony Wilson. 
who was a former British champion. Um, the one, remember we were saying before when you were yes. Sam Story fighting 89. I'm sitting waiting, <laughs> wanting to fight the likes of Tony Wilson when it was with Pac Brogan and it didn't come off. No. I even though it was number two and number three in that division. Yeah. It just didn't come off. So uh, that fight came up and it, was, and, then, and it was down in Dublin, the National Stadium in Dublin. It was my, one of my favourite places to fight. And I'm so glad that I did fight in it as a professional. Yeah. Steve Collins tapped the bill. Steve was tapping the bill. Like his big homecoming again. His big homecoming, and they're building Steve up. And but fucking I, my fight was one of I think one of the thing fights in it. I because stole it in Steve actually that I uh, not not only did I beat Tony Wilson in in Dublin, but I stopped him. There's not many fighters yeah. have ever stopped no. Tony Wilson. And I just knew by watching him, if I catch him, keep throwing, keep throwing, keep throwing until the rapper yeah, stops it. Yeah. And, and that's the way the fight worked out. I, I was out back, I think it was four, four or three, five rounds. Three rounds. No, it was three rounds. Three rounds, but I was out boxing him. Yeah. And it was just that wee bit sharper on him. I was the size, a wee bit sharper on him. And then the time I, I caught him, and I remember saying to myself, if you catch him, because I've seen him getting catched before, and then his head, and I was going, if I catch him, I'm going to go, whoa, whoa. That's right. like, and that's what it did. Yeah. Because the funny thing about that fight was it, the year before uh, was the infamous fight he had with Steve McCarthy, where Steve McCarthy um, yes. had him going on the ropes, yes. and he was bobbing and weaving, and his uh, his mum came in yes. to the ring right. and hit Steve McCarthy with her shoe, yes. and Steve McCarthy ended up losing the fight because uh, the referee said they had the box on after this, and he yeah. refused to come in. So remember, there was that there, but uh, maybe you seeing that he was caught that way, but you just uh, completely stepped. I I, I I just knew. Yeah. Once I just had the thing, the game plan. If once I catch him and he wobbles, then get on top of him yeah. and keep throwing, keep throwing yeah. until until the referee starts. And after I remember, after winning that fight, I jumped right up the top of the, the ropes and saluted the crowd, and then jumped to the yard to say the ropes yeah. and saluted the crowd. I never felt and so it's this is I was like a win the title to me because you knew you'd beat a person. I'd beat the champion. Lose. I'd have beat the champion. Yeah, who was three times but he's champion. He had a long step belt out right now. I'd have beat the champion, and I at that thing said to me. I can't do it. I'm good enough. I am. I am. I am good enough to be become a chat with them in a major title, and that's that's that drove, drove me on. Yeah. But yeah. it was great that there in that night. One of the greatest greatest nights of my life. Yeah, of your boxing career. And that fight, um, I think, uh, was an eliminator for the British title because I think when everyone was looking yes. back at your scrapping and stuff. I think you and Tony Wilson were three and four in Britain at that time. So that so the winner of that was then going to move yeah. up. Um, around that time, a bit of a strange situation for I suppose the Eastwood camp. The British title was something you were obviously wanting to go towards, but the British champion was Crawford actually, who um, was in your um, in your gym and someone who I think did you actually get on quite well. Uh, me, me and Crawford ended up great stablemates, and we sparred. Hard. From he he just got into that gym, had me sparring, and I didn't know this guy was going to become British Commonwealth European champion. Fight for the world title a couple of times, unlucky one, but he, he was a great. Looking back on the record, he was a great fighter, and I held my own more than held my own. I actually more than held my own against yeah. him. I was confident in sparring him, and always done well. And it was a great spar between the two of us. Yeah. We worked a sure It was a great spar. I was always held my own against him more than held my own. And he was a he was from Leeds, and I remember, yeah, he actually brought you back a Leeds top or something, yes. wasn't there, or something like that? He did. I uh, after he. He made his third defence of of his uh, title that he kept kept that uh, Lawrence Bell outright because me and him were talking 
I'm the late heavier. I want that tail, mm-hmm. but they're not gonna allow me in ham fight. Yeah. For do you know what I mean? And I, I say like, between each arm, he says, "Well, I'll wait till I get the longest tail belt out, right?" And I knew I was allowed to see him. He went that, yeah. then that opens the door yes. for me. And he gives it. And I, I was, I was patient and thing, and I said, "Well, we walked away. Yes, he won it." But and the three fighters I f- he fought, I think I had a beat. Yeah, well, one of them was Glass Cannon. Yeah, one was Glass. I'd all I beat. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So I, I knew here that this is the British champion. I'm good enough to be British champion. Yeah. It just you're think, you're not mixing with them all. I think after he won the the long sleeve belt outright and then he gave it up. I think he fought the European title and got a draw. Yep. Um, That's right. So he was obviously going to move on from there. Yeah. After. Um. So um. Yeah. Nineteen eighty two. Uh. Nineteen eighty two came. Um. And I think you had uh, a fight at the start of the year, or sort of, sort of February March, and it was uh, against Roger McKenzie. Yeah. Um, Roger McKenzie was uh, a big cruiserweight. He actually he the, the, actually was heavy. Uh, Southern Oh, uh, yes, he he was a big and a big puncher as well. Yeah. Big puncher. He, he caught me in, in the first fight. He he caught me a big shot at the top of the head, and okay, it really shook me up. Yeah. It really shook me up, and I, and I held on a wee bit in, in boxing, but I used my used my boxing brain against him. But the second time I fought him, the second time I fought him, I uh, nearly put him down myself. Yeah. Um, I was just getting stronger and stronger and stronger as a light heavyweight. Yeah. And and I was giving weight away to him. Yeah. Over stone like. Oh, I see. You know what I mean? Cruiser weight. Um, and so yeah, that was your seventh win on the trot. Yeah. With these two stable, so this was now you were in nineteen eighty two. So at two years, you know, seven wins obviously. I got agree. You in yeah. Position. Yeah. Um, because Crawford actually had given up the British title. Uh, you and Morris Core, who was a, a Manchester fighter, he was undefeated. You were nominated as the two contenders to yeah. fight for the vacant title. Yeah. Um, were you hoping that you were going to get the shot in Belfast because it was a vacant title? What were your What was your thoughts, or I did was, you know anything about? Uh, no. That? Oh, uh, yes. <coughs> I knew. I knew that here the words going to be, I'm going to be fighting. I didn't know it was Morris Core. Didn't know it was Morris Core. But I thought that I was disappointed. That Barney Eastwood didn't win the fight. The, the purse business. The purse business. Now he's a multi-millionaire. Yeah. Multi-millionaire. He's a businessman. He's thing being multi-millionaire. But the purse bid. I think it was seven grand to the winner, and five grand to the loser. There's twelve grand. So Mickey uh, Duff won it with that. I Mickey yeah. Duff won it. He was. Like, I, so you wonder. He, he, so he's taking. He's, 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 he's taking the, the. He's taking the any. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, any be bonus. Any be help away from me yeah. by, by putting it in, in Manchester Manchester th- this camp but he, Morris Gore was in a, was a cracking camp yeah, at the, the time camp, like the champs camp, camp the Harold Graham I think Harold Graham Cri- uh, or no, no sorry not Harold Graham no uh, the guy just uh, Frank Grant just beat Harold Graham Frank Grant yeah um, Carl Thompson uh, Enzy Bingham came uh, from that gym yes Paul, they're, oh, they're all there was a really good camp so it was and so, and so the fight uh, against Core was going to be in Manchester Mickey Duff won the yeah. Uh, bid and another thing as well in Manchester now because Ricky Hatton and stuff in years gone by it's such a big fight city but it wasn't going to be in like the MEN or a big arena it was actually in Mossside which was in literally in Morris Coors back I think his door his house made him down the street or something from it and and I mean great give give him all the all the edge you can but I mean getting into that fight I think um, you'd had 28 fights and you'd only lost three yeah um so your your record you know you were you were uh getting that fight very confident i'm assuming that you were going to take oh, that title what was oh. your how was your mental state mental state was was uh so focused so 
determined. I never, I was never determined as much mm-hmm. and focused. And I knew uh, the steps are going, the steps are going, the steps are going. I'm getting there near my goal, win my first title, yeah. become British champion, win my first title, and get near my goal. Used to say that, and my thing, I'm getting near my goal. Uh, they, they got me the, the tail, and uh, I never felt. I'd think that is one of the strongest. The training went brilliant, sparring went brilliant, road work, everything went brilliant. I think I was one of the fittest and strongest I ever stepped ever stepped into a ring in my life. That fight. Yeah, and the fight itself um, tells a wee bit about. I mean, you take us through. How did the fight go? Well, the, um, the fight uh, right from the start. Right from the start. Nice, navy a bit to me, and I never even knew who Morris Core was till I, till I fought him, till I stand facing him. I never looked up any records, and, and there, maybe there wasn't. Biggest, the biggest thing he'd probably done at that stage was he, Paper, he drew Nicky Paper, ah, yes. and he was an underdog, but Paper was a big. But but the thing was, he must have been about six four, six. Nah, five. He was tall. He was big, big long black, arms long arms, and what? Any time you were inside, he just held. Yeah. He didn't want to fight inside. He just held. And he was hard. I, I have a great one of my best. I think weapons is my left jab. Yeah. Good, strong left jab. And uh, it was hard to even get him with the jab because he's always running. Yeah. He run, from the, the fight right from the start, he was hard to pin down. But I did pin him down because I put him down. Mm-hmm. I put him second. down twice. Yeah, I put him down twice. The second and third round. Uh, but any other time during the fight, the fight won. The kept going. Anytime I had him starting to go on again, he spit his gun seal out. Mm-hmm. He spit his gun seal out, and what, what did the referee do? Stop the fight and, and wash it and put him back. Mm-hmm. And that happened every round. That happened nearly every round. Oh, the gun seal. Yeah. Oh, for frick's sake, referee. Like, that's at the time. If, if I had got my ha- a two, two, four combinations, keep throwing, he made have went. Mm-hmm. So, that's the way the fight was going. And I'm feeling powerful strong in that corner my corner man Bernardo Chaka was in the corner and John Bream's main trainer Bernardo's going it's, this is easy he's nothing this is, this is easy he's nothing and so I'm going out round after round round after round and then I'm feeling a, a fucking a, a, sorry for cursing there no, but um, still feeling so I know I would have loved to get the jobs on better with him, but I couldn't. But I was getting the rights and the wee combinations and stuff off him. And I was, with me winning round after round. Yeah. I, I was ahead. And coming the ninth round, I just remember going back to the corner. And at the end of the ninth, and Bernardo, so he's easy. You know, this year. And uh, either are, I think, I'm saying here, though, he, he's a big puncher. He was a big, big, he had not a knockout sort of thing. Watch yourself and keep the hands up and thinking. Just cool it down, everywhere But I wasn't getting out of face the corner. It's just mm-hmm. hey, you have it there. Way you go. Mm-hmm. And I turn around to myself in that corner, and I'm looking around about me. And I had a few fans over from Belfast. Mm-hmm. Some of my own family ones and a few fans. And I'm going. Ah, right now, and what are they going to do? I'm going to go out and I'm just going to coast this round. And then I'm, and then I'm gonna, and then I'm gonna put the foot back on the. I, I, I took the gas, fall off the gas. I says, and then I'm gonna go at him the last three rounds. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I was that confident and that thing into myself. Here, I'm, I know him well ahead in this fight. Mm-hmm. And what happened? Bump, round nine went on, and I went out with that attitude, and that attitude lost me the fight. 
yeah. because Morris Cork got a right hand, good right hand down. I didn't, I didn't move quick enough. Mm-hmm. Got a good right hand in, and then you know, a couple of combinations that I went down, and our referee counted it out. Yeah. Now, the referee was, I think, it was John Coyle. No, it was uh, no. Paul, someone. Paul Coyle or something. No, that. No, yeah, yeah. But this referee had seen me growing up in the boxing from I was nineteen because he 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 was he uh, done my referee in, in Stoke and Trent and all that there and he seen me growing up and he actually said to me after the fight he says no I know it's not, not much um, I forget the actual word for you but I had you three rounds up when you get stuck getting the ninth round and you put him down twice so you were well ahead like you know what I mean you know what I mean that's what he, that's what he said that's what he said that's a words off the referee it's not a lot of comfort um, it's, no, it I know, I know it's not as much. Yeah. It is, but but I, because here's I, as I say, like you know, when you're winning that fight or whatever, but I never felt as strong in my life in that fight. And and although he was an awkward guy and a thing, but I was still getting the extra shots too and and thing and and winning the fight. Yeah, and it was just I, I nearly taste the belt. I nearly nearly taste the title, and so. And the new champions court, and they had to go back to the dressing room. There's no lonelier place to go when after a loss than the dressing room because it's all Senate. So no one's you, you, sometimes you, you need a good word, but everybody else, it's all it's all Senate. And I just said to myself, to them, here, I want a rematch. I want a rematch. Get me a rematch. Mm-hmm. That's all, and then just went like that. And then and then looking back on. They were going, I'm saying, oh, fuck me, like how long it took me to get that? Yeah. And what I had to go through to get that, like, get us a rematch. But uh, no they, would, they yeah. wouldn't want to fight you again. Well, that's because that was a vegan title, I suppose. No, they, they would want you to fight you again. Yeah. 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 You know, they would want to fight me again. Because yeah. I, I had put them down twice and it was away in front. Yeah. So that was it. So I went to bed there earlier at night and just and prayed and. and so you just have to get back back to the board, the board again. But that one, I suppose, it was really hard. It hurt me. Yeah. It hurt me because I never. You felt like I, you let it slip. I should have been champion that night. I was good enough to be yeah. champion. I was a better fighter that night. Yeah. Remember a thing of uh, Core talking about that fight one time when I was about his career because he retired early on and he says, "Oh, I was a bit nervous," and I felt like saying, "Like here, a bit nervous. You were put down twice. Yeah. You were getting beat." Yeah. <laughs> uh, <he's laughs> no chance. Trying to, yeah. trying to trying oh, to here. No, no way. No. I, the batter, the me, the batter fighter lost that night. Yeah. He and I, I, I sh- yeah, yeah. He, he got and then and any any or we edges, like getting a fight in his backyard, in his home fucking place, in his hometown, and spitting the gum machines out and getting a, a rest time. Yeah. And these things and all, all these yeah, things. Yeah. Maybe. Um, but the thing about that fight after, at least, did you, you didn't feel that it was the same as the Sam story? No, I was late. No, I'm ready. I'm ready to go back. Okay, so that's the end of part two, everyone. Sorry about the abrupt ending, but just trying to stop it at that point before we move on to the last part. Um, I'm going to release that in the next week or so. Um, so again, just please um, continue following the page and you know tell anyone about the podcast you think would be interested. See you next time.